Hey, you're listening to the Abide Podcast. To find out more about Abide, go to AbideChurchFL.com and enjoy today's message. Revelation 22. When you're there, say amen. One of you. Wow. Gosh, I just feel the Lord, man. Do you feel the Lord? You have a mic, bro? Just, just one second. Oh. Sing that song you wrote, bro, that we were singing last week. You are king of kings. Lord of Lord. Lamb of God. You're beautiful. was reminded this morning oh man as I was worshiping I was reminded of a parable Matthew 13 Jesus is talking about the wheat and the tear are you familiar with this and he was talking about how they would grow together and they were wanting to pull out the weeds but Jesus said don't pull out the weeds let them grow together and we'll take care of it at the end and the wheat and the tear, they would look similar. Like it would be hard to differentiate the two as they were growing together. But they knew the difference between the wheat and the tear as they grew because the wheat would bow low. There would be a bowing that would happen. And I feel that for this house. A lot of us walk into this room and we know how to say the right words, we know when to lift our hands, we know how to wave a flag. Stephen does. But I feel like we're about to step into a season where we understand what it looks like to bow low. Understanding that this house here, let me explain something to you. We are a one thing house. Did you hear what I said? We are a one thing house. And I was moved this week by this, man. I was reading in Revelations 22, and I want to take you there. I was going to go a little bit lower, but I, but I want to start here. Verse 12 says this. This is the Lord speaking. This is the end of the book. This is how it's going to go down. If you haven't read the whole book, you got to know we win. Some of you, you're heavy like, oh, I don't know. Listen, we win. 
We are triumphant. Jesus is king. He's still on his throne. Sickness, so sickness, inequality, all of it, he's still on the throne. He is lifted high. And I just want to encourage you that as we fix our eyes on him, there is a calling, the wooing, a something that was on the inside. And so Jesus says this in verse 12, look, I am coming soon and I am bringing my reward with me to repay all their people according to their deeds. Did you know, did you know that your, your works and your deeds here, they matter? So they display this scene where as we minister to the Lord and as we do his work, he gives us crowns, but then we lay, we sing about it, we lay our crowns at his feet. It's like, he gives us reward and we say, no, 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 you are the reward. <laughs> if we can get that now, we'll be ahead. And so he says, look, I am coming and I'm bringing reward. And then he says, I am the alpha, the omega, the first, the last, the beginning and the end. He's everything. He's everything. This is the person Jesus. It's not an ideology. It's not some, some, some mystical thing. He is a person. That's why when we come into the room, we minister to him because we as a body, we move his heart. He says, blessed are those who wash their robes. They will be permitted to enter through the gates of the city and the fruit, and they will eat of the fruit of the tree of life. But this got me right here. Verse 17 says this. The spirit and the bride, I need you to understand, you are the bride. The spirit and the bride say, come. Let anyone who hears this say, come. And let anyone who is thirsty come. Let anyone who desires to drink freely from the waters of life. Did you hear that? This is how this whole thing ends. The whole thing ends with the bride. I want you to realize he doesn't say, the prophets say, come. The apostles say, come. The warriors say, come alive he doesn't say the theologians say come the bride we're called lots of things in the bible we're called the remnant we're called children of god sons of god daughters of god but at the end of this whole thing revelation 2 it calls us the bride and i hear the lord this whole week and i heard this question over and over and it says will you marry me I know it's weird, like, bury me. The men are like, I'm a, I'm a man. But listen, until we get this thing settled, that what God wants from you is your full heart, and that he wants to marry you. That he, he Ephesians talks about this, this unification, Ephesians 5, that the husband and the wife, they become one flesh, right? That as we get married, we become one flesh. As we enter into covenant with one another, something amazing happens. When I married my wife, we became one. And then he, then he says, this is the profound mystery because I'm speaking about the church. What does God want from me? Oneness. Well, what about my works? Your works are great, but if they're not unto oneness, they're worthless. How do I know? Because Jesus says, when I come back, there's going to be some, and they say, did, did we not do works? Did we not prophesy, heal the sick? Did we not do lots of things? And he says to them, I never what? I never knew you. That should be sobering to us. 
to realize that yes, listen, I read it to you that we are we are we are given rewards according to our deeds, but if our deeds do not flow from a place of love, they're worth nothing. That's why Paul says my works are nothing but filthy rags. Because what he's looking for us as a people is to be married to him. He wants a bride. The bridegroom is looking for a bride. You remember the dream I shared with you, man, where I walked into a scene in the Bible with, with the foolish virgins? Do you remember this? Where it talks about ten virgins and half of them were foolish and they didn't have enough oil in their lamps. And I had this dream where I walked into that scene and I saw it, man. I saw the virgins and I knew what was going on and half of them were asleep. And in the dream, I began to shake them and I would throw them up against the wall, but they would fall back asleep. And soon I heard the procession and I realized it is too late. And he's looking for a bride that is ready with oil in their lamps. Who their cry, listen, if your heart is not crying, come Lord Jesus, I would submit to you, you've given your heart to something else. And so time and time again in the Bible, you see that, that he's calling the people adulterous. Adulterous, and we think of adultery, listen, in terms of just in our marriage, but listen, anything we give our heart to besides the Lord is adultery. The Lord is not interested in a piece of your heart. You worship whatever you attempt to find satisfaction in. I don't know what that looks like, but some of us, we find satisfaction in money. Some of us, we find satisfaction in being seen. That's why God said this house will be nameless and faceless. Because in the kingdom, everything's backwards. To live, you got to die. To go high, you got to go low. To receive, you have to give. And everything we try to withhold are the very things we try to lose. That's why Jesus says, if you want to gain your life, you must lose it. What does it mean to lose your life? It means that I die to my own ambitions and I become, I make my life all about him. I'm not building my life unto myself. I'm looking for this bridegroom and my heart says, come. So when I wake up in the morning, I hear him say, come. When I go to bed at night, I hear him say, come. And nothing else matters. You know what's crazy? That we, we're scared to be radical. I want to tell you that the people who walked with Jesus, the disciples, they were probably considered radical. People probably thought it doesn't take all that. And so when people were around Jesus and he walks up to Matthew and he walks up to Peter and he says, follow me. And they dropped their nets and they left their jobs. People probably thought it doesn't take all that. And I hear that call for us today. Youth, young people, what does God want from you? He wants to marry you. He wants to become one with you where he is your everything. You're like, well, what about my career? Listen, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything that you need will be added unto you. He is a faithful and he's a good lover. You will lack nothing giving your whole heart to him. And I hear that today. I'll say it again. Will you marry me? I was reading Genesis 24, and I was reading about Abraham. And how Abraham was growing old in age, it says. And he was looking for a wife for his son. So he sent out a servant to look for a wife because he didn't want his son to marry a woman of that land because they were, they were in idolatry. So he was protecting his son. 
So he sent a servant to his land and he said, find me a wife. And I feel this is representative of, of the church today. God is sending the Holy Spirit to look for husbands, for wives who will marry the bridegroom. And so listen, he comes to the land and he finds her. You gotta read the whole story. He finds her, it was a sign, and he's encouraged. And I believe that's what's happening today. The Holy Spirit is finding a people that say, come Lord Jesus, you are everything. We will worship you for an hour if that's what it takes. We will lay our life down. We will give as much as you want us to give. We will serve as much as you want us to serve. And in Genesis 24, he finds this woman named Rebecca. And when he finds Rebecca, he recognizes that she is the one who, who, who he, she, he was looking for. And so he gives her gifts. And as he gives her gifts, she receives the gifts. And listen, this is, this is like the conundrum we're in today in the church. The Holy Spirit is looking for a bride and he comes bearing gifts, the gifts of the Spirit. But I want you to, to wake your heart up to the realization that the gifts point us to a person. When, when Rebecca received the gifts from the servant, they were meant to represent the man she was to marry. And so in the church today, we receive gifts. God, yes, we receive salvation. We receive financial freedom. We receive, we receive every, freedom from anxiety. All the things my wife was singing in prayer. All of these things we give, but it's not enough to just receive the gifts and say, okay, Holy Spirit, thank you. It's unto marriage. And so she receives the gift, and around verse 4 to 58 of Genesis 24, 58, the servant looks at Rebecca. I want you to hear this. The servant looks at Rebecca, and he says to her, will you go with this man? And she has to make a decision. Because the moment she says yes to this question, everything that she once knew as provision is now dead. <laughs> her whole life is about to change. Because she is now given to a new man. And I love this. I love her response. And I hope this would be our response today as a body. Will you go with this man? And she looks at him and she says, I will go. I don't know where your life is headed right now. I know from doing church since 2008 that people walk into rooms from all paths of lives with all kinds of ambitions. But I want to ask you, where is your life heading? What are you married to? Some of us were accruing and accruing and accruing and we're keeping and we're keeping and we're going to end this life and everything that you have amounted will, will result in nothing more than a two-inch signature. That's where it will all end. You will take none of it to heaven with you. The only thing that will matter in that moment, I got to tell you, the skies are going to split open. I'm going to tell you at least once a month, the skies are going to split open and we're going to find ourselves in front of our bridegroom. <laughs> it's quiet. Oh, it's not a big amen message, right? Revival, no. We will stand in front of him and the only thing that will matter in that moment is, was I faithful to my bridegroom? Did I love him well? Doesn't matter how many promotions you got. Doesn't matter how many times you came to church. He's not going to ask you what your attendance record was for Abide. Listen, I want you to come every week because I believe we're better together. 
but the question that will be asked that day, it will all amount to this, did you love me well? And so the call of the bridegroom is this, that I would lose myself in him. Did you hear me? The only way this thing works is that I would lose, the only way marriage works between me and my wife is if I prefer her. The moment this becomes all about me and my wants and my ambitions, it doesn't work because the connectivity is broken. And so when God says in 1 Corinthians, love is patient, love is kind, it's long-suffering, that is meant to be who you are. Lovers of God that freely give themselves. And so some of us, we've reduced this gospel. Uh, we've reduced this gospel to sin management. Sin management. Well, I do good. And I would liken this to the rich young ruler. When he walks up to Jesus and he says, what do I have to do to follow you? To enter into the kingdom. And he says, obey the commandments. Honor your father and your mother. Do you remember this? He says, all of these things I have done. And the Bible says this. I'm going to read it to you because it's good. It's good, good. Teacher, I have obeyed. This is Matthew 10. Teacher, I have obeyed all these commandments since I was young. I've done things. <laughs> oh, he's looking for lovers. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. Do you understand that sometimes his rebuke is out of love? Somebody amen me. I must be at a different church today. Jesus felt genuine love for him, and he says this. There's still one thing. Say one thing. One thing. We are a one thing people. There's still one thing you haven't done. And he told them, go and sell all of your possessions and give your money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and then come follow me. There's the invitation. And we've made this scripture all about money. You want to be spiritual, sell everything. The money wasn't the issue. The issue was a heart issue. There was one thing in this man's life that was withheld from the Lord fully. And he's saying, for you to fully follow me, that's why it says then. Sell all of your possessions, then come follow me. And so I feel like for us today, Jesus would talk to us and he would say, go do this and then come follow me. Some of us, we've been singing the same worship songs, listening to the same sermons, doing the same things, and we, we've withheld part of ourselves. But what he's looking is for a people that will give him their whole heart. That would give their whole hearts. And so, should I say it, bro? <laughs> Some of us, we don't understand we, we try to, I said this, we try to sin manage ourselves. And when we make life about not sinning, we get into a problem because it's through his righteousness that we're made clean. We think that when the Bible talks about us wearing white robes and white garments, that we have to wash them. No, we're white because we radiate his glory. It's, his, the, it's the light of his face shining upon our hearts that makes us clean. And so some of us, we're busy, like, let's, let's just be 100% real. I will not watch porn. Oh, bouncing eyes. I will not be. And the reality is, if we're following Jesus, 
Jesus just isn't going that way. You understand? He's just not going that way. He's just not greedy. He's just not a gossiper. And as we follow him, he leads us. The Bible says from glory to glory and strength to strength. And he hides us under his wings. And he renews us and he strengthens us. And so as a one thing people, I want to read this to you. As a reminder of who we are as a house. In Luke 10, I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their journey, they came to a village where a woman welcomed Jesus into her home. Her name was Martha, and she had a sister named Mary. I want you to see this. Mary sat attentively before the master, absorbing every revelation she shared. It's the ministry of the feet. You hear me? She absorbed every word that he said landed in her heart. And as she was sitting there, it said Martha became exasperated. If you find yourself on the wrong, no, I'm not going to say that. Martha became exasperated by finishing the numerous household chores in preparation for her guests. So she interrupted Jesus and said, Lord, don't you think it's unfair that my sister left me to do all the work? You should tell her to get up and help me. And Jesus said to her, Martha, my beloved Martha. You know when the Lord says your name twice, you're in trouble. When he says G-O-G-O, -O, it's like it's a bad day. Why are you upset? Oh, I want you to hear this. Why are you upset and why are you troubled and pulled away by all these things? Then he asks her, he says, are they really that important? Verse 42, Mary has discovered the one thing. Say one thing. Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. Did he really say that? Why are you worried? Why are you troubled? I felt that in the room during worship today. I felt like worried and troubled and many distractions because the last place that the enemy wants you to fall at is at the feet of Jesus. If he can keep you distracted and he can keep you searching without realizing that all that matters is this. He says one thing. That we would sit at his feet and we would absorb every revelation. Every word. He, he sums up all of life's problems with three words. Abide in me. Abide in me to remain. And I want to say to you that refusing to sin is inferior to refusing to depart. Did you hear me? Refusing to sin is inferior from refusing to depart. If you can make your life about this, I refuse to leave this place. His presence is not just available at Abide, it's available in your car, it's available at your work, it's available at your house. And I want to tell you the truth, I feel that it's more available at your house than it is here. I feel that if we were to make the, our homes a habitation for his presence, he would crash in. And we would see our children, like some of us have, on their faces worshiping Jesus. My son rides in our car for the last two weeks singing songs about how he loves Jesus. 
It's not a pretty song. I love you, Jesus. You're my best friend. He's five. But it's pure. It's a song that's coming out of his heart. You understand? And I want to be real. Can I keep it 100? I feel like some of us, if you were to play the soundtrack of our life, it wouldn't be singing, I love you, Jesus. You're my best friend. You ever watch a movie and there's background music and you see the guy walking down the road? Some of us, our soundtrack would really suck right now. And what we need is a realignment. Back to this one thing. And for some of us, I want to, for some of us, we've heard this message so much, our heart has become callous to it. And the more you hear a message about the feet of Jesus and you withhold a response, the harder your heart will become. And a hard heart will stop you from receiving everything that God has for you. That's why every week we end with this. Lord, soften our hearts. You recognize that? It's not because I have nothing else to pray. It's because what he's looking for is a soft heart where his presence could land and where he could have full control. Amen? I want us to stand. few things I know I'm supposed to do this morning, but I just want to, to turn our hearts into wor towards worship one more time. And I'm just asking right now that he would take us back. That he would take us back to first love. I don't know if you understand, I I'm asking this for me. All of us corporately as a body, you're not saved unto a prayer, you're saved unto a person. And until you encounter that person, you're going to continue to do religious works to try to work out your salvation. It's not going to work. So as it says in Songs of Solomon, where he said, come to me and open up. I feel that. So I'm going to pray and we're going to enter in for just one moment. Father. I pray that every voice of the enemy would be silenced right now. Every voice of the enemy would be silenced. <sighs> God, I ask that in this moment you would birth Mary's. Many of us, we've gone from church to church searching. We've been looking, we've been trying to do And Father, I ask that right now you make this about beholding. Listen, I know I'm supposed to pray for some people today, but, but just, just for one moment, I want us to just worship. We have a few minutes. Barbecue's on the way.
I was going to do something different, but this is what I want to do. If you're here today, you say, <laughs> you say, I want to give my life. I want to give my life for that. You know, I was going to pray for the Marthas, but I really want to pray for the Marys. I want to ask, first of all, I want to ask all the youth to come up here. You guys can come up to the front right now, but if there's anybody else that you would say, I want to give my life to that. To be a Mary, I want to ask you to come to this altar and we're going to pray. 
you guys could just line the front because we're going to pray for all the youth right now. I don't know if you guys know what's happening in the youth, but it's incredible. I want to ask the parents to come up. And I want this to be a family affair. You guys can get, go behind your kids. But I want to pray right now if your heart says yes. Listen, if your heart really doesn't say yes, then you can stay in your seat. That's okay. But if your heart does say that, that you feel that call, I want to pray that God would mark you this morning. Anyone else forward? Come on. Yeah, come on. Just pile in real quick. I want to ask my pastors and leaders to begin to lay hands. Oh, God, I thank you for the Marys. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Whoa. Oh, Lord, I ask right now that you would mark every single person that's come up to this altar with first love. Oh, wow, bro. More of your presence, God. If you're in the, if you're in the, out there, can you just stretch your hands and pray? God, that you would light a fire on the inside of every young person. That you would mark them with your presence. That you would become only to them, only to them, only to them, only to them. Wow. Wow, bro. I just feel like the Lord has so much for you, man. Like there are things...
more moments. I pray 
us to love you, Father. I'm not going to end anything. Uh, I don't feel like I'm supposed to. Some of you just need to sit for a little bit at Jesus' feet. This is not about doing. This is not about a feeling. Some of you are like, well, I'm not feeling anything. That's, that's irrelevant. This is about a posturing of the heart. So listen, if you have to leave, we love you. There is barbecue available next door. Um, I would say give them 15 minutes to set up. 15 minutes. Uh, do you need more than that or is that okay? Mas o menos. That means maybe. <laughs> But it will be ready next door for $8. But we're not going to stop. They're going to go back into that song. And I just want to encourage you to just sit. If it, and there's communion right there next to the candles. But if I, some of you need to just stay in this atmosphere and you know who you are. You can just sit at the altar and just soak in that. Amen? Amen. We love you guys. Thank you for joining us. I would encourage everybody to get barbecue. It's delicious. Burns barbecue, $8. And for those of you, it will be available for the next hour or so. So there's no rush.